He'll be a kid that's going to stop swinging at that ball as much, and he'll get it back down the zone, and he's going to make – he'll be an impact player in pro ball. The biggest watermelons on the vine if you send the song, but obey the law and you drink, don't drive, do the Yo, what is up, everybody? You know what time it is. It is time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers. Guys, we got a good one. We got episode 34 coming at you. It's titled Don't Sleep on South Carolina because we got Will Sanders, South Carolina's baseball stud, top draft prospect, you name it. A lot of accolades going with Will, but he's going to talk to us tonight about South Carolina baseball and why we don't need to sleep on them why they may be the dark horse to come out of the SEC, and why the watermelon crawl is the hottest thing going around Columbia right now. Jim, Randy, I don't want to waste it, dude. Let's get right into it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, our man, South Carolina baseball star, Will Sanders. All right, Will, welcome back to the show. How are we doing tonight? We're doing good. Thank you all for having me again. Yeah, absolutely, man. I hate the last time the crew wasn't able to be uh, be here and be with you. Obviously, amazing athlete, amazing character, good to talk to. And so get to dive in a little more to South Carolina baseball. As a matter of fact, Daniel's maybe looking for a new team, just so you know, when he gets to time to talk to him. So make sure you sell him right. But uh before we get into that, man, College Baseball Hub just did their yearly uniform bracket, 64 teams. Will, how does South Carolina not even make the bracket? Well, we are more of a uh, old-school type university, I would say. Um, the biggest thing is the pants. That is something that we are trying to upgrade this year is the best way to put it. But uh, we will be in that 64 once once we start playing and and getting our swag back and and just looking good, playing good. Hey, if they start doing parks in this top sixty-four, y'all gonna be y'all gonna be making it towards the finals. I know that. Yeah, we'll be good. So, did you happen to see the results? Did you happen to see the final four was Texas, Notre Dame, Tennessee, Ole Miss? Did you happen to pay attention? No, but I would assume those Ole Miss baby blues are up there. Yeah, but the thing about it is, and this is what I told people, uh, and so they deserve to be in the top four, but it's. All the uniforms combined. It's not just one specific uniform. So it's the whole array of them. And so your final four was Texas against Notre Dame, Tennessee against Ole Miss. Tennessee knocked off Ole Miss. Notre Dame knocked off Texas. So the irony was it was Notre Dame versus Tennessee, which was your super regionals matchup on the field. Um, But Tennessee ultimately took it. So I know that you play against Tennessee, but, you know, you're familiar with their uniforms. You got any problem with Tennessee winning? I don't like Tennessee. Um (laughs) Wow. I, I just let me know, get my popcorn. This is gonna be good. We got a Tennessee host in the house. T- Tennessee and I have some have some drama, I guess, because I went to three camps and uh they never offered me in high school. So there's kind of some bad blood behind that orange. But one of my favorite uniforms was really Texas AM. I just Adidas, I mean, not a lot of schools have Adidas with baseball, except like Miami or Louisville Mississippi or somebody. State does too. Mississippi State. 
I just I really liked AM. They uh we got to go there last year. We we lost the series, unfortunately, but just everything about their stadium uniform culture was was really cool. Yeah. Well, before we get into all things South Carolina baseball, I'm gonna give you a chance to get your shot at Tennessee. Don't think I didn't have this on the notes to talk about. Did you by chance happen to attend the the Tennessee South Carolina football game? Yes, I did. That was uh yeah, tell us. I want to hear. I want to hear how amazing it was. Very unexpected, I would say, um, at the tailgate. That is not what we thought would happen. Uh, but uh, my my roommate, my my good buddy, he uh, he's been a Carolina football fan for his whole life, and so just just seeing how like invested he is and his family was was special. And just I mean, we beat number five team in the country at home. It was, and then we beat Clemson. I mean, and now, now Tennessee and Clemson play in a bowl game, so that'll be fun to see. It really wasn't that special, Will. I got to be honest. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. So we had you on a while back, and you kind of, you kind of alluded to it a little bit that you know you guys had some injuries. Thought that maybe the outlook was a little struggle sometimes, but you guys were good enough. You ruined some teams' weekends, and um, you specifically ruin some teams weekend um turned out that your you know the predictions were right did struggle a little bit but you going through the season just how hard was it for you guys to get going and get your footing under you well it was difficult because we really didn't have three starters we uh we would run a freshman out there on Fridays and I, I don't want to speak bad but we would lose most of those games and it was up to me and Noah to give us a chance on Saturday and Sunday and that that's all we could do and we, we talked to the coaching staff, and we, we don't care what game we pitch, what day we pitch. I mean, in the SEC, you play three games, you got to win two of them at the end of the day. So it doesn't matter what day we get the ball. But um, this year is going to be a lot different, I can tell you that. I like to hear it. I like to hear it. So you start off the season, you take the series from Texas, and I think that was a surprise to some that we're out long looking on. But we'll talk about just how fun that series was and just how locked in you were specifically in your performance in that game. Well, that was a big series for us because uh, the week before that, we got swept by Clemson, and we were we were hosting the number one team in the country at that point. And I think they had lost one game. Maybe they were undefeated. They they lost to because I think Tennessee beat them at uh, the Astros Stadium. Oh, we did we did not. No, nah, Minimade. No, nah, they didn't beat yeah. them there. I was there for that game. Tough game. No, Texas lost to, uh, but he's not wrong. Uh, they had UCLA. One UCLA, I think it was. Somebody. Yeah. So I mean, I anyway, it's a it's a big series for us, and we we lost that Friday game, and somehow we were praying for rain and we got lucky enough to play a doubleheader I think on Saturday and so the first first game of that doubleheader was seven innings and I kind of treated it like a travel ball start and so y'all know Blade Blade and I would always have competitions on just if if you're playing a travel ball game it's seven innings as a pitcher you're supposed to go seven innings and so um that Texas game we were up four to one in the sixth and I think I walked five people because I walked a run in and they get 4-2 and we we beat them 4-2 and then we really beat them game 3 10 to 1. So it was it was really cool that we just we had that because we knew it was in us. We just we needed our hitters to hit and our pitchers to pitch. 
And so that was kind of the biggest thing like this off season was just build something for us because I can speak for the, the people that were in my class because there's only about four of us left. And this is the best year we've been a part of. And it's kind of because we can run it the way we want to, the way we've seen the older people run it when we were younger. We just, we know what we want and now now we're doing it. And so it's it's a great place to be in Columbia right now. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you don't like Tennessee, which is fine, which is fine. But we talk about the series, obviously, just how good their offense was last year in the pitching staff too. But for you specifically, it was a game that you struggled. I'm not going to throw any digs, even though you threw some at my team. But for you specifically, just what did that game mean to you with that personal, you know, vendetta you had and just how filthy was that lineup one through nine? The lineup was great. Um, kind of, I, I started to struggle in the first. It was hard to get out. Um, Luke Lipsius, I think, was in the two hole, and I threw him a 3-2 fastball, and he put it over the wall. And that was kind of the, we're here. And – I just I had to I had to fight through it. Um, I think the third inning it was a OO pitch to Jordan Beck. It was a slider and he hit it way far over the over the fence. And then we get into the fifth and I get pulled. But the next day we're in the weight room and we're just working out and Jordan and Tony are in there. And t- Tony and I were talking and we just he introduced me to Jordan because I've never met him. I played with Drew and Blade, but not Jordan. And just seeing how, like, humble and kind of appreciative he is of the game made me change my perspective on kind of him and the team. Because, like I would tell my teammates, I mean, Tennessee was good. We we didn't – anybody who plays them will tell you they are very good. The way they act on the field is not necessarily who they are as people because Drew Gilbert is one of the coolest, nicest people I've ever met. But if you're playing against them – you don't like him. And yeah. so it's just, it's cool to see how they translate off the field. And so it was, it was a good experience to talk to Jordan and just see kind of how he handles his business. And he was a, he was a high draft pick as a reward of that. Then he cut his hair. So I'm just not really sure how things are going to go for him. I don't know. But Randy, how good is that to, to have a guy from another team confirm what we've been trying to tell people? Cause we have these guys on the show. And just like he said, Drew, I mean, Drew's been the number one guy. Everybody thinks he's just maniac and he's not. Well, he is, and he in between he the, between between the lines, he is. But yeah, but outside, so I think that the I think the consensus and DB, you can correct me if I'm wrong, from their opponents was the same thing. Like they're brash and they talk ish on the field, but when you get them off the field, they're you know regular dudes, humble with the game. It's just not how they roll inside the lines. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it has to do with they'd done something one time, they got a reaction, so now they feel as though well, that's the persona that I got to play when I'm in between the lines, which, you know, good, bad, and different. It works for them. And if, if that's what, you know, fills the ballpark, I mean, whatever. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I think we've had people on here, Will, you yourself included, that says the same thing about those guys off the field, like good quality guys, character guys. So, um, you know, obviously competitive, competitive nature, takes over when you're between the lines because i've seen some clips i've seen you you you, you get pumped Getting up a little it. bit yeah so Which will, is good, let, me, let me ask will a question you know in light of all this uh, i don't know if you saw today will that uh you know evan russell announced his retirement um let me ask you a question how impressed from a pitcher's perspective were you 
by Evan Russell making a switch from left field to catcher and catching all those arms that are, you know, obviously amazing at Tennessee this year. Well, I did not see his retirement. That is that is shocking because I, I always liked watching Evan. Um, I mean, as you know, teams get there, opposing teams get there and get to watch BP of the other team. And Evan kind of always stood out to me. Um, I, I mean, I would watch college baseball when I was in high school and he was playing third base, left field, second base. I mean, whatever it is. And then this year he changes to a catcher and he's catching 104. And so Ben and I got to work out um, in a place in Atlanta. He was at Walter State at that point and Ben Anzac. And so they would drive to the place uh, 30 minutes away from my house. And so it, it's just everybody acts like they're all big and tough on the field. But at the end of the day, the game's hard. Everybody knows that. And so it it just it reflects. And so there is karma. I mean, there is a. If if you act kind of bad towards people, it's going to bite you at the end of the day. Very true. Um, I did not know Evan retired. That that is sad to hear. But I was always impressed with him. Just the way the way he plays. He's he's a gamer and he loves to play. And just that that really is sad to hear. Yeah, no doubt. But we want to get we want to get back to you, Will. So there's only two teams in the SEC that we. Uh, I'm not going to say hate, that we just don't really like, right, for me. Why are you Florida. lying? Why are you lying? Florida. Say hate. I, I, I don't hate. I don't hate. There's Florida and Vanderbilt. Well, you, my friend, big fan of yours because against Vandy, you go out seven innings, 11 Ks, get the win. Talk to me specifically about what was working and what got you dialed in for that game in particular because everybody knows Vandy is an upper echelon team in the SEC. They're always good, multiple national titles. What was working for you that day? Vandy is always good. They're 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 well coached. They're well behaved on the field, off the field, and we actually picked up a Vandy transfer that that was cool to kind of give us an insight on what really goes on behind the scenes. But uh, what locked me in that game was I thought Enrique was going to swing at the first pitch, and he watched it go down the middle of the plate, and it was 0-1. I threw him another fastball, and he watched it. And it was 0-2, and then. I throw him a curveball and it was supposed to be in the dirt, but it was a strike and he watched it. And so just Enrique is a very good hitter. I don't know really what he was doing or what he was looking for, but hopefully it happens again this year. But uh, that Vandy game was tough. I mean, I think I gave up like six hits, but it was only two runs. Um, 11 K's. Was a quality team. The, one of the hitters that st- stood out was Davis Diaz, the freshman. He was good. He, uh, I threw him a, I want to say it was a 2-2 changeup, and he hit it backside for a double in, like, the sixth. And he, he just – he sees the ball well, and that's kind of the hardest hitters to pitch to is, like, Dylan, he gets on the plate, he sees the ball well, and he puts the bat on the ball. Those are just it, – it's – all hitting is is vision, and it's hard to beat the hitters that see it well because then that's when deception comes in and you got to find other ways to beat them. No, Absolutely. So overall on the season for you, you go seven and three, three point four three ERA, ninety one Ks to thirty one walks. How did you feel about your season compared to the expectations you had for yourself before the season started? Well, my expectation was ten wins, 
I failed to reach that. And so that was kind of what pushed me this year. My goal is 12 wins because hopefully we'll, we'll make a better run and we're going to have the hitters and defense to back me up. But success is so individually oriented, I want to say, because some people said I was successful because I had seven wins and 90 innings, but I, I had three losses and I had about four non-decisions. So that kind of tells me my uh, my job as a starting pitcher was not finished. It was not executed all of the time. And so it just it gives me the want to work to be successful all the time. And it is a hard game. Like, you're not going to win all the time, but winning is the expectation. Like, I'm not doing all this stuff to prepare to lose. I'm preparing to win. And when I fail, that's that's when I learn from it. No, absolutely. So in saying that, you kind of lead, led me right into it. What is the one thing you feel like you need to improve on to get to your 12-win goal uh, and, and, you know, pitch better than you did this last year? The biggest thing was the walks. I, I don't know if I've ever walked 30 people in a year before. I mean, it was a lot, but most of that has to do with there was nobody in the bullpen. Like, I was, I was out on my own, and – I would much rather walk somebody and try to make the perfect pitch than get beat with a blooper and then a double and then a bomb. So I was, I don't want to say I'm happy with the walks, but I want to say I understand the walks. And so that's just, we're going to have such a different team this year. We're going to have such a different pitching staff. And so hopefully I can attack the zone more and, and get quality pitches and get quality hitters out with, within my pitch count and, and get, deeper in the games so well i i gotta ask man obviously you you mentioned you want you want to win 10 10 games last year was the goal 12 games this year but when you look back at at last year and you go all right what are my opportunities to do that this year let's say 12 to 14 times you're going to get on the bump right is there any pressure for you knowing like my goal is 12 wins that means I got to win almost every single time I step foot on the mound. Obviously that's the goal, but what, it, what is the pressure like and is there pressure? Every single Monday is a new week. I'm trying to go one to know that week. Like my goal right now in December is 12 wins, but once the season comes around, I'm not thinking about the number 12. I'm thinking about get one more. Go one, go one more inning, make one more pitch. Just that—that's the way I want to treat it off the field, and it'll correlate to on the field. And you know that. I feel like you're going to be a, a coach one day because that is the most coach speak I've ever heard. It's like, yeah, man, we're just going to take it one day at a time and, and one start at a time, and you know, I'll play it week by week, which you know is entirely true. Everything that you're saying is true because. You can't necessarily look forward to anything, but you also, no matter whether you do well or you do bad, you can't sit there and dwell on the past either. So let me ask you this. With last year in the past and this year, you know, looming forward, you know, you, you guys got through the fall. When, when I hear South Carolina is a dark horse in the SEC, what does that mean to you? I think it means our pitchers have worked incredibly hard and are going to show it in the spring. I think it means our coaching staff 
went to the ends of the transfer portal to find us good players and find us good teammates. And it's all going to show. I mean, I can't speak highly enough of our staff and what they did to get us great players, but there's going to be a lot of people that hit over 310, and there's going to be a lot of RBIs coming from the whole lineup. And it's just we have a lot more competition. We have a lot more drive as a, as a whole unit team, and everybody's excited. And we didn't really have that last year, and so that's what we really wanted to work on in the summer and in the fall is just – Every day is an opportunity to get better, and if you're not, you're the loser, not the people that want to get better are the outcasts or losers. It's just we're all on the same team. We all have to get better every day because we got to play good teams. I mean, we don't play Texas this year, but really our out-of-conference schedule is is not great. Not that we're going to kind of put them under the rug. They're, they're still – college baseball teams but we were kind of disappointed because we're not playing high teams out of the sec but we, we still play clemson we just we don't have texas that week before sec starts yeah north carolina even though it's a midweek that's still it's still gonna be a big game yeah it's just we we need to win those games and last year that was kind of the biggest downfall of us was we would beat texas we would beat Ole miss beat vandy and we would lose in the midweeks and that that attests to pitching. We just we didn't have it, and everybody's working hard to come back in the spring. So you know when you tell me about you know really it's just there's a lot of work going in. Coaches are working, training staffs are working, the players are undoubtedly working. Like that's my kind of people, and I say that to tell you this is. Randy obviously is a Tennessee fan. He follows Tennessee baseball very close. You know, me being a part of this podcast, I obviously follow, you know, the the game close. But Jim has LSU. He has Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Like, he's got connections <laughs> to, to to all of those. You know, I and you gonna give laughing. me all of them, huh? You he, gonna give me all of them? He's laughing, and and I'm gonna give him all of them. Will here's why. He's got an LSU sweatshirt on, all right? He's family friends with everybody at Mississippi State. And last year, he had season tickets to Ole Miss. So I, I don't know what to think. So I I am in the middle of this, like, gauntlet of I don't really have a team to follow. So I'm looking for a team. I'm looking for grinders. I'm looking for hard work. I'm looking for guys that, are the dark horse. So let me ask you this. If I follow South Carolina, and you said it yourself, there's something special happening in Columbia right now. Is that the right choice? I think it would be foolish not to follow us. Okay. Okay. I think we're going we're gonna to let the world know what South Carolina baseball is. Because 10 years ago, we were great. We won two national championships back-to-back. And that that started with the players and it started with how everybody shows up every single day. And that's something that we're doing. That's something that we're proud of. And we're we're waiting to make a a shock in the world. All right. So, you know, I I think I'm on board. So the first thing that I need to do is I I need some info and I, I can only get this this deep rooted info from guys on the team. So. 
tell me, based on the fall, you said, you know, the pitching staff's going to be much improved. All right, outside of Will Sanders, who are some guys that I need to know? Noah Hall has one of the best changeups in the country. Jack Mahoney is going to be 95-97 with a power slider and a good curveball. Um, Eli Jerzenbeck's a freshman. He's up to 97, and he just – I mean, that kid is ridiculous how he can throw a baseball. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. He'll, he'll throw a fastball at 29 and throw a curveball at 32, and his fastball will be 97, and his changeup will be 80. I mean, that kid is – a kid's going to play. That just doesn't seem fair. No, he, he he's good. So let me ask you this. Bullpen, thinking about the bullpen, does it, does it feel good knowing that when you start a game, you got guys on the back end of that bullpen that can dig you out of a jam if you need to or, you know, maintain leads and establish, continue to establish dominance throughout the whole game so you don't feel like, oh, I got to go out there and throw a CG every time I step foot on the mound. What feels good is we could win a series if none of those four names that I just mentioned pitched. I mean, we've got 15 dudes that we could run out there and win us games. It's just who who gets the opportunity to do it. If the rotation probably at the beginning of the year will be me, Noah, and Jack. And that's just because we've been there the longest. We, It's kind of deferred to us, I, I want to say. is Just our whole staff is good, and everybody's working. Everybody's on the same team. It doesn't matter who goes out there. It doesn't matter what what day, what game, who we play. Whoever's on that mound is going to give us a good chance to win. And I can't speak highly enough of our defense and our – hitters just were on the rise so you kind of alluded to hitters obviously the the pitching staff can only only do so much you're going to have to put the ball in play you're going to have to drive runs across the board so talk to me a little bit about the hitting situation who are some guys that you think are gonna you know continue to have big seasons or some guys that are gonna you know surprise people you know, because their name is going to be out there this year. Well, the first one that comes to mind, his name is Caleb Denny. He's a, a fifth-year senior from Oklahoma. He went to Arkansas his freshman year, and he's an outfielder and a left-handed hitter, and he tore his labrum his freshman year at Arkansas, got cut, went to Oral Roberts, and I'm pretty sure hit 330 all th three years after that. And – the first day he gets on campus in Columbia, it was, I think, like August 15th. Goes out there, fields a ball, throws it from right field, and tears his UCL, which is nothing that South Carolina has not seen. But uh, the kid works. And so when I was throwing my bullpens at the end of the fall, he would stand in and just kind of help me see what a – tell me what a hitter would see, tell me what he sees, what he doesn't see, just, just kind of help us both grow. Caleb Denny is going to – he's going to hit and just – he sees the ball well. And so we kind of recruited a lot of hitters. So Gavin Cassis from Vandy, um, he was hurt two years at Vandy, and so now he's really getting a chance. And I think he hit eight home runs in the fall. And the, he can check swing. It'll still be 105 off the bat. 
I don't know if I've ever seen anybody with more raw power, maybe his brother, but Gavin, Gavin's going to play for us and he's going to hit well and hit a lot of bombs. Um, oh, really? Oh, sorry. Hold on. Let me just throw this. Yeah, other go ahead. Uh, Will McGillis, who went to Southern Miss, he was from Mississippi. I'm not sure where, but uh, went to Southern Miss for four years, transferred here and he's going to play second base for us. And, He's he's a great kid, great player, and I'm excited to play next to him. So those are kind of the three highlighted hitters, I would say. It's nice to know when you when you get a transfer in and they come from a school and they can swing the stick or they can get out or you you've already seen them kind of dominate where they were. Um, there's no like mystery as to can this guy come in and compete right away. You already know it. Um, but thinking about the schedule as a whole, I want to break it down a little bit. Obviously, you you mentioned a little disappointment in the non-conference schedule. Um, but really the 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 good thing is about the SEC, man, it's it's the best baseball in the country, and you're gonna get it every single weekend. So the competition's gonna be there, the challenge, the fight, it's all gonna come. But you know, when you talk about the schedule in conference play, you get to host. LSU, Florida, um, Tennessee, which of those would you say you're most excited about? I don't know if I can say one of them. I mean, I've all got – because what, what I like to do is find reasons why I don't like a school and just that's what builds it up inside of me. So, I mean, I can think of all reasons why I want to beat those teams badly. But we get to host those teams, yes, but we got to go to Starkville and we got to go to Fayetteville, which is going to be – and Nashville. Yeah. So we got we got three hard tests. I mean, the whole league is so good. It's just – it's a blessing to be able to play in it and it's cool to play in front of all those fans. It's Will's just... cut your script, didn't he, DB? No, I mean, I, I, I'm getting, I'm getting the trend here. He, he you know, I yeah. ask him which, which home series is he looking forward to. He gives me the coach speak answer. Oh, all of them, of course, you know. And then, you know, you start mentioning, you know, how excited you are for, you know, the non or the the away conference games. You mentioned Starkville, you mentioned Nashville, Fayetteville, um, you know. But I got to ask of those schools. Obviously, a lot of history, a lot of prestige coming from those campuses in regards to baseball. But which is the place where you're like, man? This is a great place to play. I'm 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 pumped to be able to go here and play. Well, I'm not going to be able to get to go there again, but AM was maybe one of the best I've ever seen. Um But you've been to Duty Noble before, right? Mississippi. I've not. Oh, well, that's going to change your whole perspective. It, so I have not been to Mississippi State or Arkansas. And it, heard- oh wow. The two the no, yeah. no, no joke, Will. Randy will say this is the Tennessee guy. Oh, you're probably talking about the two two best uh, atmospheres probably in the SEC. No, I'm not going to say that. Yes, you you're a liar if you don't agree. No, I'm not going to say you, that. You've been watching the last two years. Oh, I, I have been watching. Have you? Y'all can't, y'all can't even. No, feel you. I'm talking to Jim. Oh, they can only hold six thousand there, man. I don't want to hear it. Hey, what did uh, what did your coach that we retired say? It was the most hostile and loudest environment he had ever seen in his career. And that man coached for 
like 117 years. Well, Jay Johnson didn't say that, and I can't wait to see y'all at the box. That's see because Jay Johnson they... was too worried about leading the SEC in errors. He didn't have to worry about that atmosphere. Ooh, wow. Okay. Man, this this is going off the rails quick. Well, <laughs> I, I want I want to ask you this last thing um, before, you know, Jim, Jim gets back with you. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about, you know, how tall you are. You're six six listed in the books, but you look like you're seven foot tall on the mound. I don't know if it's the pants. I don't know if it's long socks. I don't know if you really are seven feet, but like, what is it, man? Are like, are you six six or like where where are we at? Is six six that that padded stat where really you're six four, but you're telling people you're six six? Well, everybody on the team, so there have been like four people that were six, six on the team since I've been there and I've been taller than all of them, but I think the pants definitely help. <laughs> I, I need some of those pants. He's like, he's like the, the, the good pants. He's like the hockey guys that look way bigger in on the ice than they do in real life because they're sitting there on four inch blades and they just look like beasts. So a guy that's like six four looks like he's seven feet skating around there. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, Will, you don't get to hear it, but when you watch a South Carolina game and you listen to the commentators, they actually talk about the pants and socks, and and that's the comments they make. They say you really do. You look like you're seven foot out there because of the the style that you wear. So I mean, you know, hey, maybe it looks more threatening. I don't know. I, I dig it. Uh, Daniel always says length is key. So it it is. And I, <laughs> let me let me tell you this. I. I am a proponent of length. All right. You know, just, just throwing that out there. Will. but also I'll say this when I'm doing the research and I'm looking up the clips and I'm trying to like get an idea, just kind of see, you know, what all's out there. When I see videos of you pitching, the sound that the ball makes when it hits the catcher's mitt is by far the loudest of any any athlete, any pitcher, anybody we've had on this show. So you, my friend, hold that title, but also I, I feel like I gotta tell you, you know, I think I think I'm I'm gonna be following the Gamecocks this year. I feel like it, it goes it goes together. Length and Gamecocks. It's it's gotta go together, right? <laughs> well, I like the sound of that. Um I didn't know that the ball makes a cool sound it's probably because it's closer than most. I, th people. I think we got guests like ben joyce that might disagree with that there so. yeah <laughs> well then they need to get better audio i don't know what to tell you but it, it's 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 big time with will tony all right will so we got to get to some non-baseball stuff you know you're you're our last baseball guest before christmas and so you get to go through the gauntlet of an important question. And it's an important question because, you know, it's supposed to be fun, but if you say the wrong thing, there's no telling what might come from the three of us. So I don't need a specific order, but man, give me your top five Christmas movies. First one that comes to my mind is Die Hard. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> I mean, it's not even, it's not even a Christmas movie. Uh, look, Daniel, I think he did that on purpose. I really, I feel, I feel like he did that on purpose. Had to have. That's what my dad and I always watch at Christmas time. But uh, I like Santa Claus. That that's good. 
prep and landing is kind of what we always watch as a family. I don't know if y'all seen that. It's like a little animated elf. Haven't what seen was it called? Check prep it and landing? Yeah, prep and landing. Randy's going to watch it with his kids tomorrow. Lock it up. No, we're, we're doing good. every it's, night. Every night we're doing a different movie. It's like a 30-minute show, but it is, it's good. Perfect. I got four kids, Will. I don't have a lot of attention spans. That's that's perfect. I got two more. Um, Daniel, if he doesn't have a certain movie on there, I'm cutting this episode, deleting the whole thing. We're going to have to delete this part out. Edit. Out. You gave me those five. I got three. Uh, I'm just trying to think of, of well, names. I don't know if Randy's with me and Daniel for sure. I think he is, but there's one that's that's at the top of our list that you haven't said yet. It better be in these last two, Will. I'm just telling you. I mean, my my number one is is I, I not die hard. Like, it's not die hard, but I feel like Will like it's like a, a generational a, thing too, though. I mean, it's an age thing. It might be. Yeah, it, it is. is. True. It is. You can ask right. my wife. Die hard is you. Will. Hold on. Wait, I'll, I'll you, oh, no, no. You I'm not gonna let that was from his dad. That was but, he yeah, said okay. him and his dad watched it. Because die hard is older older than the movie we're referencing. Okay, gotcha. See you. I'm trying to think of two, and I can't even think. Will, will you tell me yours, and I'll tell you if I like it? <laughs> All right. Home All Alone right. is the okay. movie we're All right. That's like, a, that's like an original. I would say that's top five. There you Christmas go. Vacation? That is the other one. I would say Christmas Vacation is good. What, what, what do you, go ahead. What do you all feel about The Grinch? Is it Which one? Like, so I think the old cartoon version of the Grinch is the it's one that the only I like. Acceptable version. This is the mm-hmm. only one that um, I like the best. But when you have a kid, you end up watching them all. But oh, for sure. But when there, I put the Grinch on the list, we already know like which one we're talking. Daniel, there are 15 high school soccer players that are in the next room watching the Jim Carrey version that will disagree because that's the version they chose. That is the Jim worst Carrey's version. A good one. It is the absolute worst version the Grinch has no, ever No, me made. and Will are actually it's on the awful. same page of this one. We're, it's we're terrible. It. It's but, better than the cartoon. Oh. I, look, 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 look. You, you didn't even say Home Alone, bro. Let's calm down. <laughs> i think i think christmas story is on there elf is a good one i could see that on people's like i mean even if you want to go old school well you could go rudolph like old school rudolph old school frosty i mean <laughs> hey you know what? Frosty's I, that's I, a I banger res- I, re- I respect the die hard because he said it was him and his dad and then he had one that we didn't even know I think that's even cooler because he's got his own thing. And now we got something we're challenged to watch because we don't know about it. So I'm I'm good with it. And he said home alone in the end, even though we gave it to him. So he, he's gonna get by on that one. But let let's get to like, you know, you and your family personally. Aside from watching Die Hard, you know, man, what's your favorite Christmas tradition that you do? Well, so um not a lot of people know I changed my residency to Florida. And so right now I'm in Atlanta, but tomorrow my sister and I are going to Destin, which is where our house is. And so my my whole childhood growing up, my grandparents would always come to Atlanta and spend Christmas with us. And so my grandfather was career Air Force, and so he's actually in San Antonio, Texas. Um, it's, it's a place called the ARC. I'm not sure what it stands for, but it's retired um, Air Force, or I guess captains and so you have to be at a certain level and they're there and they love it and so they're going to meet us in Destin which was which is really good of them because 
they're they're older, but it's a ten hour drive, and so we're we're thankful that they're going to come see us. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the biggest thing is just seeing them because they were they were big such big influences on my life, and it's it's always good to see them Christmas time. Well, it's good to have that family aspect, but it's also good to go to Florida because I'm going to tell you, Will, I was there last week and it was 82 degrees and now I'm home. And as Randy knows, because we live just down the road, uh, we're going to be in single digits at the end of the week and we're not looking forward to it. So Florida is a is a nice destination to be. Look, let me tell you this. I woke up this morning. It's 49 degrees outside. So you were freezing, huh? Yes. Daniel, uh, I'm not kidding. I got I got a jacket on now. It's like 50. For, Friday night is gonna be five degrees here. All right, that's all I'm saying. That's what it's gonna feel like. (laughs) So I do have a question. You know, I just mentioned um, my daughter's high school soccer team is out there doing their Christmas event. Will for for guys, you know, in college, like because obviously y'all leave and go home before Christmas comes. Do y'all do anything as a team? Like I know I saw Mississippi State did a ugly sweater Christmas party. Do y'all do anything as a team together before y'all depart? So we did a team event, I want to say like December 5th, because that was the last day that coaches could coach us technically. And so most everybody stayed in Columbia and worked out and and did their throwing and hitting whatever they needed to do. But uh, I actually drove home earlier today. So this was kind of the week everybody departs from Columbia, but, um, that was that was something that we wanted to do is stay over break for for at least two weeks and just work out together and keep building it and and just doing everything we can to be prepared for the spring as, as a team. And so we went we've been doing something uh, at Fort Jackson, which is a local army base. And so we'll go and do obstacle courses. We did a tower rappel. And then the most recent one, our last team event was like. I wish they would show a video because I was tr- I was trying to explain it to my parents and it's so hard to explain. But uh, we had to do these almost simulations where there was groups of like 10. So we had four groups and there would be teams and we'd have to race, but it was like a more mental thing. So we had to think and it, it was cool. And it's just team bonding and, and getting closer to each other and kind of, I mean, when people in uniforms are in your face yelling at you, it's much different than trying to field a ground ball with the bases loaded. Now it's, I really feel like South Carolina's going to be ready. Daniel, the rest of these teams doing ugly Christmas sweater parties, dude, they're hitting the Army bases. Yeah, because that's what champions do, right, Will? Right. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, well, let's let's have some fun, man. Before we let you bounce, let's play a little game called This or That. You ready? Okay. All right, it's very, very simple. I give you two options. All you got to do is choose one option or the other. Be decisive. Don't say both. Don't say neither. Just go with your gut and pick the first one that that speaks to you. All right? Last time we did this, I got asked if a hot dog was a sandwich, and I got I got some heat for it. But what, you was, what was your answer? Yes, I'm ready for this. Tell them what the answer was, Bill. I said it was a sandwich. Yes, sir. That's, that's, that's an awful. <laughs> that's an awful, terrible answer. I, you forgot, know, I forgot until he brought it up, and he was one of like the four or five guys that backed me on this. I'm I'm banking that more players on on this Gamecock baseball team has better Christmas picks and believe that hot dogs are not a sandwich. 
because I just uh, don't understand how they could not be. Daniel, Daniel, as he, he happened to bring up Minute Maid Park today, I I had a hot dog sandwich there. Will that's where I became a believer. It's not said, a hot dog. Once they slice it in flats, it's no longer a traditional yeah, hot man. dog. It's not traditional. It was still a hot dog. Daniel, does this turn you away at all in South Carolina that will answer this? He's going to have to really think about this now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I um, I got some soul searching to do over this <laughs> over this Christmas vacation. No, I, I'm, I'm good, man. That's that's your opinion. If, if you want it to be a, a sandwich and you want to be wrong the rest of your life, don't say I didn't tell you so. But – no, we're not talking hot dogs. We're not talking sandwiches. What we are talking is ham or turkey. turkey. Which one? Turkey? That's a. I'm not a turkey guy. I think turkey is very overrated. See, and, if you like, if you cook a turkey and it's dry, that's not good turkey. But like on a sandwich, I will not ever get ham. Have you ever heard of the this amazing place called Honey Baked Ham? <laughs> I knew that's See, that is the only acceptable type of ham. They don't call it honey baked turkey. I call it honey baked ham <laughs> for a reason because ham is better, more marketable, more people like it. And they know, like I know, turkey's overrated. But, but, but Daniel, I, I think of it like this, especially because turkey was a part of the equation when we talked to Alex Malazzo, the catcher of LSU. With all these, it depends on who's cooking it. Plain, simple, period. How they're marinating it, how they're cooking it, 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 that's what it all depends on. Maybe that's it. I've never had a good turkey in my entire life. I don't know. I've had it numerous ways, and I, I, I just not my thing, I guess. Mm. But moving on, I, I, I got to know. Obviously, Christmas Day, you know, presents breakfast you know the whole nine you got a chance to sit back relax but you always have sports on nba nfl christmas day which one are you choosing are you choosing the gridiron or the hardwood i don't think an nba game has ever been on the tv in my house Ooh, my parents they like football and baseball i don't think my parents have ever watched an NBA game ever. And he's six foot six. This is wild. Well, I can tell you, there's going to be a good one this Christmas, a, a real good one. So just just look hey, out. A, ba- a bad time to try to sell him on the Grizzlies Warriors when Steph Curry ain't playing, dude. It don't matter. You, you See, John it. Morant's good. I mean, I think I think basketball is a very difficult sport to play because those bodies just do unbelievable things. 82 games, 82 times a year. No, they don't have to do 82 times. It's called load management. They play about yeah. 55. They're like pitchers. They play but, every three days. But he just won you over because he said he likes John Morant, and that's your guy. So, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll let you slide. We'll go with it. All right, Will, would you rather go to the beach or the lake? Beach. For sure. I mean, you moved to Destin for crying out loud. Got to be a beach guy if you're moving there, right? Houses on the beach. It's nice. There we go. Any, if you could pick a bucket list concert or a bucket list sporting event, which one would you choose? See, I like concerts, but I feel like an atmosphere at a World Series game or at a World uh, Super Bowl just 
can't be beaten. I, I feel you. I'm right there. Let, let me but, ask you a question, Daniel, because our last guest said one that hadn't been said before, and obviously it just took place. World Cup, you know, you're not a soccer guy, but did you happen to see that that crowd in that event, Daniel? Like, this, did Eric on the last episode maybe sway you now that you saw that? No, because it's unbelievable <laughs> to me that you win a World he, Cup. A World Cup ends in a tie, and then by this luck thing called PKs, we're going to determine the winner of something that hey. only happens every four years. Give did me a y'all, break. Did y'all happen to see the TV ratings for the World Cup versus the NFL? Regular season NFL? Not even close. Not even, NFL, everybody tells me that soccer is the biggest sport in the world. This was worldwide rankings. This wasn't U.S. rankings. The NFL dwarfed it. Well, I'll say this. The coolest thing I saw from it was that that uh, drone that they had going over Argentina in the downtown. That was Square. cool. Dude, I, I how many how many people on a guest do you venture were there, Randy? M- millions. I mean, there had to be. That, that was Did the loudest that, thing Will? I've ever heard. I saw that uh, drone, but World Cup. I mean, the PKs. I think that's cool, but I don't think that's how they should end the World Cup final. But I've never really watched a soccer game. I watched that game, and I mean, Mbappe scored two points in like or two goals in ninety seconds, and that was unreal. Just that was good. Yeah, no, that was a that was ridiculous. But you said World Series. I'm curious if you could pick two teams to be in this World Series game seven that you're at. Who are they? Man, two teams that I could choose. My dad's favorite team since he was growing up is the Orioles, and they're not very good. So I would choose them. <laughs> That's tough. And uh Orioles and Braves, I guess I would say, because they never play each other. That that would be a cool World Series. There we These, go. All right. If it was a concert, though, what? Who would be playing? When? Why would it be Lainey Wilson? She is phenomenal, isn't she? Though I don't even know who that is, and the fact that you had that connection with him, there's something that I miss clearly. <laughs> you just. <laughs> She Open. used to sing for Morgan Wallen or yeah. uh, Party or somebody. And she's on Yellowstone now. It really got her the mainstream break. And let me uh, tell you something, boys. You want to talk about how pants make somebody look good? Woo. Well, now you got me. Now I'm my look. But you, at country music, you lost me and Daniel immediately. But they, look, Will, they don't appreciate good music, man. They really don't. Laney Wilson has a very good voice. Crazy good voice. And they don't like Morgan Wallen. I mean, they just don't like anything good. But this is coming from a guy <laughs> that was bumping Project Pat and 3-6 Mafia on the way to school every day. So I don't... This is true, but this is called, like, you know, you got to have diversity, Daniel. He's had growth is what he's looking no, for. No, I listened to country my whole life. I didn't I did not listen to country when we were in high school. Man, I don't remember you listening to it in seventh grade. I'm just saying. Well, I look, certainly... Look. Let me ask this then. Let's take it a step deeper. What's the last song that was playing in your car, Will? Um, let me let me just think for a second. That I mean, you long. you just you just drove, right? Didn't you yeah, just three and a half drove? hour drive. Yeah. That's uh that's the bottom of the playlist. <laughs> I'm just laughing thinking about it. I can't even remember who it was that said that they didn't have music on that they were driving in silence recently. <laughs> Daniel, who was that while Will's thinking? 
Man, I don't know. I probably didn't pay it no mind because that's that's just crazy. That's just silly. So I'm on my Spotify, and the song that is paused is Watermelon Crawl by Tracy Bird. Great song. If you drink, don't drive, do the Watermelon Crawl. Oh, man. Goodness. Tell Water. me I didn't listen to country in high school. That song is – we were probably in elementary school when it came out. Daniel, that's that the intro That's the intro to this episode. I, yeah, I got to I gotta put that down. I I've heard that song before. I mean, it, <laughs> I'm not weird. I'm not foreign to country music, but I don't know what the hype is about Morgan Wallen. I will say that, man, it's not my my cup of tea. The women that go to the concerts. Yeah, uh, look, man. I, 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 I actually I got a new one for you, Daniel. I got to ask Randy a question, and then we'll follow up on it. All right, tell me y'all don't listen to this Jelly Roll cat. Please. I absolutely do. I oh, love Jelly Roll. Randy, you're off this podcast, bro. Forget Will. I, I, I love Jelly Roll. Will, and do you, you know listen his, to this his, guy? His story is even better. I've heard the story, but Will, do you listen to this guy? I've never heard Jelly Roll. Thank God. Oh, yes, I have. Son oh, no. Son no, of a sinner. Walk it back. Thank you. Walk it back. It's no, a great I, song. I Man, I, that's the only song. I guess I'm living under a rock because I've never, never heard anything by Jelly Roll. I heard, I, I, a, mean, I, actually, I, heard I heard the Tootsie Roll. I actually like I I I've, I've known Jelly Roll for a, a long, long time, way before he was mainstream. I'm glad he's getting his his uh his breakout. He just sold out Bridgestone Arena, packed to the gills, his own show, headlining. That's awesome. Hey, and then donated it, the proceeds to the youth detention facility where he was locked up for three years. Tell me that ain't a good story, Will. That's that nice. was cool of him. Wow. Where is uh where is the place you just said? Uh Nashville. Oh, okay. Yeah, he ain't going there. Pretty good. That's a pretty good story. <laughs> All right, Will, back on topic. Would you rather be a hero or a villain? Hero. And who's your favorite hero? I'd say Superman, and I just I don't I'm not sure why I I don't know if I would have a belief strong enough to make me a villain to like to do something to that extreme. I, I don't know what it would take. I mean, maybe losing to LSU or something. <laughs> well, you better get ready. <laughs> wow, wow! How are you gonna hate on my dude Will like that? Because LSU's going to win the national championship, bro. Three first-team All-Americans. Let's go. Man, you know what? He's got to see all of them in the lineup. Yeah, when they're they, all players. When they, yeah, when, they, when they get the number one overall seed, let me know how that goes for you. Yeah. Can't no, wait. That's why, Can't I'm, that's why I got, wait Tennessee, that's why I got that. Tennessee at one in the LSU at <laughs> the final ranking. <laughs> hey, let me ask you, Will, do you believe – do you believe in that? Look, all right. So since nineteen ninety nine, the number one ranked team hasn't been able to do it. Do you do you believe that number one ranking is a curse? I think they did a lot of things right to get that number one spot. Just I don't know if it's a curse, but luck runs out at some point. Mm, Randy, luck ran out for Tennessee, bro. Well, okay. <laughs> let's just let's let's take it back. Let's take it back. AKA Jack Rannigan. Is. Let's let's take oh, it back though. Past oh, that though, oh, yeah. we're talking twenty three years of the same thing happening. It wasn't just Tennessee; it was Arkansas the year before. I mean, it's been twenty 
four teams. Well, well let me make a, a bring a big smile to your face and tell you that this man right here, Randy, had to look Jack Brannigan in the face right after. He was our next episode after Notre Dame eliminated Tennessee. Wow. It was, it, it was a struggle for my guy. Nah, he was so cool, man. It wasn't a struggle. I told everybody coming into the season, I mean, into that series, that I that was the one matchup I didn't want Tennessee to have, and for a reason. That was with a bunch of grown-ass men on Notre Dame, all throughout Notre Dame's lineup. They had a bunch of pitchers. That dude had B-A-M-F on his freaking glove, man. I was scared. I was scared. <laughs> I mean, I Randy wanted to hate this guy so bad, but he was such a great dude, such a nice dude, and I think Randy – was secretly pissed off because he he has to like this guy. Well, well, when you say this, he goes, I think Tennessee was the best team in the country. They just weren't the best. That actually made me hate him. Yeah, he said just (laughs) they they, they weren't the best team that weekend. And I thought that was as as solid as answer as you'll get. No, that was patronizing. I knew what he meant. (laughs) All right, Will, last question before we get you out of here, man. Would you rather be the number one pick in the draft or would you rather win the College World Series? So basically, this is I'm in it for me and my gain, or I'm in it for the team's gain. Well, I'd take the number two pick if it means we get a trophy in Columbia again. <laughs> no, that's that's not the question, Will. <laughs> I would so much rather have a trophy. I really would, just because it's it's. Baseball is bigger than one person. Like a pitcher can't win a series. A pitcher can pitch for nine innings or seven innings. It's just with, it takes every. With that, Will, let me ask you honest question. You know, I, we talk to a lot of guys who do, and then there's a lot of guys who don't. You know, the draft board. Obviously, you're projected top ten pick right now. Do you do you pay attention to that at all, or you just do your game and not worry about it? It's cool to hear, and like people people text me and all this stuff, but like. My mom's going to be happy at the end of the day. I'm still going to be dating the same girl. It's just, it's hard work being paid off. And it's it's being consistent every day, being consistent every week on the mound. I mean, it took a lot to, to get to this point, And I'm not going to stop just because one person thinks I'm a top 10 pick. Maybe one person thinks I'll be the last pick. It just, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is I go out there every week and put our team in a position to win. And that, I mean, that's all you can ask for, man. If you start worrying about what could be or what should be, you lose sight of what's in front of you. And you guys, obviously, with the schedule that you play and the goal that you want to achieve, you, you got to stay focused on what's in front of you, man. So, Will, before you roll, anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here? Barefoot Breeze. We, uh, me and two buddies, we just went down to Charleston. Uh, today's Monday. We went down Friday and uh, kind of launched it. And I think it's going to be a really successful company. It sells uh, shirts, jackets, hoodies, and it's like soft material, cool colors. And if they didn't ask me to do it, I would give them my money and say, give me all that you have because it was that comfortable and just that that's the first thing that pops in my head. It's the, it's the holiday season. I mean, I can't think of a, a, a better gift than 
barefoot breeze where where can i find it where can i get it because i don't even know if it's out yet i mean there was like there was a a shirt in every size and color and that was it so i don't even know if it's up yet running yet i just well, he's just letting us know be be ready yeah. be ready <laughs> yeah well if it turns into the next lulu i want to i want a part of it so so what are we talking about are we talking about active wear are we talking about like what kind of what kind of you can wear it kind of for both it's okay. like it's good beach clothes it's good around the house clothes i mean it's like a they had a normal shirt a dry fit shirt a dry fit hoodie a nice jacket you could wear to dinner stuff you can play golf in it was really versatile and i liked it they had great colors there you go randy new golf so shirt there you go you got some so orange <laughs> he no said worries. every color he said every color when he started randy they got orange i bet they do so i mean there was like everybody salmon. <laughs> hey salmon <laughs> <laughs> you'd be surprised there's some people out there rocking salmon don't don't be hating on salmon. i, I, I would imagine you do Sa salmon is the new coral it's and the I, same I, thing. I, i'd wear them both. i was gonna say I, what's, I'd the wear them both. Yeah. what's what's the difference <laughs> All right, well, let me tell everybody, you know, all those Christmas gifts that you haven't bought, just save your money. Just hold on to it and wait. Wait tight just because it's coming. Barefoot Breeze is coming. Just hold your money. When it's out, you're, you're going to want it because it's going to go like hotcakes, man. Uh, Will, anything else, social media, where we can find you, anything you want to throw out there for people? um instagram i don't really understand twitter so i guess just instagram instagram at will sanders 32 or if you want to see what the gamecocks are doing this season go to at gamecock baseball well dude it's been a blast we loved having you we're definitely going to have to bring you back on because i feel like i'm a part of the crew now and and when south carolina the dark horse Shows everybody what's up. You're definitely coming back on to talk about it, man. Yes, sir. Well, we'd love to have you in a Gamecock hat or jersey or shirt, something. We'll we'll figure it out. Daniel, I'll meet yeah. you at Founders Park when LSU comes to town. It's a closer drive for you than me. Let's go ahead. There we go. Hey, yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot. Before I commit, these guys know I got a lot coming up over the next few months. So, committing to that is it might be difficult. But that's why I got ESPN Plus. I got SEC Network. I, I got it all, man. I ain't gonna miss a beat with you, Will. Don't don't worry about. And don't that. worry. He looks seven foot tall on TV, Daniel. Oh, got hey, that, that's <laughs> that's what I like. Nice. All right, Will. We're getting you out of here, man. That's Will Sanders, everybody. We are going to take a break. We're gonna plug our sponsors when we come back. We got a lot, a lot of headlines to catch up on. Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Cedary? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookCedary.com. Have you struggled with weight loss, pain management? Maybe you just lack in energy? I struggled with all these things. And then I got introduced to Truvy, an official sponsor of In Off The Bench. If you download the Truvy app, T-R-U-V-Y, and use the official In Off The Bench code, Easy Money, you can save money and get hooked up today and get your life turned around.
Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you leading off. We're going to talk Tiger hoops because the Tigers are starting to put things together. I think they're playing um, you know, where we thought they should be. A couple of, of pickups earlier in the season, kind of what what the, the biggest obstacle is right now um, outside of one thing that I can think of which is just – I can't wrap my head around it, but um, there's a lot of foul trouble going on from DeAndre Williams, and it just doesn't get any better. And everyone's like, this is the guy. This is who he is. But at some point, you can't be that guy. So, Randy, I'll ask you, man, like how detrimental is this thing of him being that kind of guy? Like it, it can't be good. Or Jim – you know, I'll start with you. Him fouling and costing his team a points, but also time because he's not on the floor. Like, how detrimental is that to the team? Man, it's real detrimental. Um, and they actually talked about it on the radio today. So you know, you watching the games, he's fouled out the last three games. He's fouled out five games this year, and so. You look for growth in players, right? And here's where you could say that he's not – he only had five in his first two seasons in Memphis. He's got five, will be 13 games into the season. So he's not getting better at this. He's getting worse. And so that's very problematic. And, you know, some people want to say, oh – you know, they're calling ticky-tack fouls or they're picking on him. Man, if that's one game or two games, you could go with that, Daniel. But obviously, you foul five games, you're doing something wrong, and you watch the games, and you're not a biased, naive person. He gets some stupid, stupid fouls. That... I mean, I, I'll, I'll take you back. I mean, he fouled, he fouled out of the game um, against Alabama with a – a, a charge that was just unnecessary. It, it and he picked really up his fourth was. foul on an offensive screen that he clearly lowered his shoulder to the guy. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't understand, you know, but you know, Randy, I'll, I'll ask you, man, Deandre Williams and this, this is the kind of player he is. He's just physical and aggressive, but he's hurting the team. But then he talks about, you know, he, he turns around and he's, always in the official's ear. This has got to be like a thing where the officials go, hey, this guy, this is, this is, he's a problem. Is that not becoming evident as they play? Like officials aren't giving him anything. No, I agree. And the most frustrating part, I'm sure for Penny and obviously people watching the game is the fact that he's like the oldest player in college basketball and he's still making the same it's like he's playing like he's already in the NBA, like he's going to get calls, and he's and he's just not. It's just not how it works in college basketball. But, you know, I read an article by Mark Giannato here locally, uh, I think it was yesterday, that talked about, you know, the, this. It's, it's, the, it's the Dylan Brooks effect, really. You're not here without him, but he's hurting you as well. So I, I think it's really – it's frustrating, but you're not beating the teams you're beating without DeAndre Williams either. That's that's true, and I think that's the hardest part with him is because you got to have him, but you love him so much that you want more of him, 
And I think right now with, you know, Malco out, like he has to be disciplined and know, like, I got to be on the floor. If that means I'm giving up a few buckets here or there, then I got to trust the guys around me are going to score because I think if you give Kendrick Davis the ball and you say, go get me two points, he's going to figure out a way to get you two points. Like he'll be able to make, he'll, he'll be able to make up those times where you got to give up buckets because you don't want to do something. That, that Bama game, we already knew what he was and we've already been impressed, but that Bama game, he decided to put them on his shoulders and he showed that he could get buckets whenever he wants. Well, I mean, yeah, you talked about, we knew what he was. We, I mean, Memphis has seen this. He was the AAC player of the year. Like they knew exactly what they were getting. It's just that we have not seen a player on this team since Penny's been the coach that could just go get you a bucket. But this guy, Kendrick Davis has been doing this his whole college career. And then on top of that, you know, it's, it's he's got more to his game. Obviously, I mean, he can distribute so well. He rebounds. He plays so hard, man. You, you just got to appreciate it. He's a dog. He's a dog. Yeah. DB, I got to ask you a question, though. When you come to the DeAndre Williams things, obviously we talk about it because of the, the importance of it. But at some point, don't we just have to say this is what it is? He's 26 years old. He's been here long enough. He's even played under Penny long enough that we know what it is at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's like – you can't teach an old dog new tricks like that's where we're at you know i think um kendrick davis kind of summed it up the best he he asked he was asked about you know deandre and he was like you know one of the things that makes deandre williams such a good player is because he's physical and he's emotional but one of the things that makes him one of the worst players is that he's physical and he's emotional let me ask you another question to follow up on that. Do you not, and this is something else I don't think that we've seen, um, is a leader on the floor for the Tigers under Penny. Obviously, you know, Lomax is a leader, but when you have a guy that is the best player and is also a leader, because you saw Kendrick Davis in several games, the Auburn game, the Alabama game, I mean, he was getting in DeAndre Williams' ass, and I think that that's the difference. And maybe if anybody can get through to DeAndre, it's going to be a guy that he knows is the unquestioned best and leader of the team, right? Yeah, I mean, you can't, like, Alo, Alo has a voice, but it doesn't mean as much because he's not always the top contributor. But when your top contributor is going, dude, you're making my life difficult and you're costing us games and it it means a little much a a little more because you know it's not coming from a guy that's scoring 10 points telling a guy who's scoring 20 a game hey man stop fouling well who are you to tell me what to do but the guy who is scoring 20 turn around telling the other guy hey man you could be doing more than what i'm doing if you would just chill the the hell out man but they they got a few games that they they need to take care of business on. Obviously, their their next opportunity really is UCF. I think that's a a top forty Kim Palm team, and you know, outside of that, the the conference itself is is very weak until obviously you get to Houston. Um, but I think if you can if you can run through conference, give yourself a chance to win conference and and take one of one of two from Houston. I think that's where you need to be um, when, when the dust settles on the end of the season. You know, Daniel, they talked about on the radio today. um, They're, they're fixing to play whoever I forgot of the worst team in college basketball. Anyway, so state. Yeah. So you, you're going to get 11 non-conference wins. They said any tiger fan, 
any Tiger fan would have been just excited, you know, if you could tell them there's a possibility of 10. So to get to 11, I mean, you've got to be super proud and excited for where you're at at this point, especially as Randy corrected me on Facebook. I accidentally said three and one. I forgot all about playing Vandy going four and one SEC. Yeah. I I think if you would, if you were to take the, the total non-conference, if you would say, Hey, you're going to go four and one against your SEC schedule. You'd be like, all right, I'll take that all day. Um, you know, obviously, um, Texas A&M game, they're not as good as, you know, maybe we thought they would have been, but nonetheless, they're, they're it's, not it's, good. It's, but it's, you got the dub. You got out of there. It's yeah. it's a team that you, you need to beat. You, you go and you win and, you know, you get battle tested, you know, a little bit. But I don't know how much of it is battle tested or how much of it is self-inflicted, like so allowing teams make to make it harder. Yeah. So let, so let me ask you this, Randy, because he's obviously going to turn to Tennessee in a second and just spending like 10 seconds on them. But talking about your your non-conference schedule and how it, it prepares you, when you look at a team like Mississippi State, who's absolutely played not a single good team, ranked 15th in the country, I mean, and they're going to go into the SEC where it's it's a gauntlet. I mean, is it not really kind of setting themselves up to possibly get their ass whooped, for lack of a better way to put it? I mean, it could, but I think they're you're looking at two different things. Rick Barnes has been there a long time. He's created a culture and what he's wanting to do. Chris Jans came in, taking over an absolute dumpster fire where they only brought back like two of the players that were on the previous team. So his whole motto was just let's go stack wins. And that, you know, it's not – they're not resume wins, but, you know, 11 wins, top 15, it's less to fall. So, I mean, they're playing really well. I mean, they're playing a brand of basketball that will carry over. Where I do worry about them is this, the physicality of the game is going to catch up when you get into the SEC, I think. But I think that they've proven and you get their confidence level up, a new team, that they can, they'll probably win a couple games that they probably shouldn't. I mean, Kentucky doesn't look like world beaters. So Auburn's not you, very good. Okay, so before you get into Tennessee, where would where would you stack them? How many teams are better than them just right now? If you, just better based than off Mississippi what you've State? Seen, yeah, in the SEC. Just based off what you've seen. Um, I think that Tennessee's definitely better than them. Um, Alabama's Damn. definitely better than them. Is Arkansas uh, better than them? Arkansas is definitely better than them. So, I mean, they're probably in the four to five range right now. I mean, I, I think they, they've done really beat. well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's – and that was Chris Jans' whole thing. Let's let's go stack wins. Let's get these guys' confidence up, and let's go see what happens. Yeah. I wish they so, played Memphis. I think that's a great test for both teams. Yeah, I mean, how – it's it's frustrating to me, and, and you know, I'll, I'll leave it at this, that Memphis isn't playing – I mean, obviously – they played Ole Miss, but they're not playing Mississippi State or Tennessee or Vanderbilt on a consistent rotation or a consistent basis. To me, it just sounds silly. Like, Well, and it's interesting because we're coming off talking to a baseball guest. In baseball, Memphis baseball plays all those teams. I mean, that's yeah, it's so, so much so, more regional. Yeah, the, yeah, the travel. But, I mean, I mean, we know what it is with the Tennessee and Memphis. It's It's both teams that are, you know, kicking their feet in the sand that doesn't want to give up the other. For the longest time, Memphis didn't want to play Tennessee in basketball, John Calipari. So Tennessee said, okay, we're not going to play in football. And now it's flipped to where you had the episode the last couple years that, you know, Efric Barnes and all that. But what's unquestioned is when those games happen, whether it be in the Forum or in Knoxville or in Nashville, 
People show up, and it means something to the state. So I'm with you. I think that game should – look, let's pull a Kentucky. Let's make it an, a law that these teams have to play each other every year. I mean, I, I'm down with that. But let's let's talk Tennessee real quick. I mean, you know, outside of the the one-off from Colorado, they had a five-point loss to a good Arizona team, but really they they've been moving and grooving, man. They 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 beat it. They beat a Kentucky or a Kansas team. They beat a Maryland team. Um, you know, a USC, a Butler, um, teams with like some clout, and and now you know they got Austin P coming up followed by their conference schedule where they open up at Ole Miss. You know, is Tennessee getting better? Are they at number eight in the country? Is that right? Or should they be higher or should they be lower? Let me let me hijack real quick and ask Randy something because Randy got me a part of Vol Twitter and I got like 500 Vol, Vol followers and I follow them back. I watched them losing their mind during the Arizona game about officiating. Are they being just wild Tennessee fans, or was the officiating that terrible because I didn't see a single play of the game? It was awful. It was awful. The The free throw disparity, Tennessee shot 10 free throws. Arizona shot 27 free throws. And the, obviously, we could talk about that, right? Was Arizona the more physical team? I don't think even the biggest Tennessee hater, like, you know, say, say it's DB, right? If you understand, you've watched Rick Barnes' teams play. They're not passive. They're aggressive at all times. They're driving to the rack. They're getting contact, and they weren't getting the their fair side of the calls, I don't think, especially at the end of the game. Tennessee had gotten down 10. They come back, had a chance to tie or take the lead. They drive in, and a guy gets absolutely mauled in midair. And then on a loose ball, a guy gets hip-checked into the out-of-bounds and not a call on either one of them. So Rick Barnes, which this is not something Rick Barnes does, he called out the officials directly. He called the dude out by name. He said, look, I know him. I respect him. I've worked with him for – how many every years? They were not good tonight. And I think for Rick Barnes to do that publicly, he will call out his players, and he did, but he called out the official too. There was a huge disparity, huge. Yeah, it makes, makes a big deal, man, uh, especially when you get down the stretch against really good teams. Um, you, you, you want it to be officiated right. Obviously, there's going to be some subjectivity and some things down the line where some crews are going to let guys you know, play a little bit more physical and teams, you know, get away with a little bit more and, and trying to figure out the balance from game to game and who the crew is and, and what they're going to let you get away with. There might be a little bit of a curve, you know, but, you know, eventually you got to understand like that makes a big deal and, and you got to hit those free throws when you get the opportunity because it, it can well, yeah. definitely pay dividends. So Tennessee was eight for 10. You'll take 80% free throws, right? Yeah. But to what you said about is Tennessee, are they getting better? Um, you know, so they're not as good as they can be right now because these, they're still missing Josiah Jordan James. And obviously, I would venture to say that you take a guy that with that much experience and is their best defender, really consistent on the offensive end of the ball, um, that would have made a huge difference, especially in a hostile road environment like Arizona. The loss doesn't bother me. Uh, even the officiating, it didn't really bother me as much as I felt like out of that game, even though the five-star Julian Phillips, look, he had a terrible game. He was 0 for 5. He only got to play 23 minutes, some fouls that were dumb. I think that is where he gets better. And if you put Josiah Jordan-James in that game, it calms things down. And, you know, you saw Zakai Ziegler. He was great. He was 8 for 11. Uh, I think he had 21 points, 4 rebounds, a couple of assists. He has not played good this year. So to see him be able to do that 
knowing you're getting James back, Vescovi's healing up. I think that this team is is not peaked. They've had some good wins. I still do worry, and I've said this all year long. They're the offensive side of the ball when they can't and the shots aren't falling. Who do they go to for a bucket? And I, I don't think they figured that out yet. Yeah, and that's I think that's something that's going to be key down. I mean, once they get into SEC play, because now, I mean, yeah, you've had some, you played some some good teams, but now it's going to be a dogfight every single night. So you're going to have to have that guy you can lean on and rely on. Um, but let's let's transition a little bit, Gemma. I'll I'll go with you a little bit out of order. We'll start with the Lakers. Um, you know, sitting down there, you know, a, a, a couple couple games back of that that ten spot. Um, what's up with them? And get, give me kind of the, the the state of the union as we as we speak right now on the Lakers. Okay, well, let's just start with tonight before I get into um, their actual improvement. I don't understand. You know, Randy made a joke to Will about load management. I had actually wrote you guys a message earlier that it was Westbrook's time to shine. Apparently I was wrong because he's sitting as well. So the Lakers just decided they were going to, as you just said, you know, approaching actually getting into the top 10. They've won some games in a row. We're just going to just sit down, everybody, and lose by 25 to the Suns. Like Pat Bev's playing, though. (laughs) Yeah. But, I, you know, we talk about the load management thing, but, like, do you want to make the playoffs or not? And I know somebody will say it's just one game, but you're actually getting into a groove. Why the hell are you sitting everybody down? But let's talk about the thing that you love to talk about, Daniel. So the the Lakers are rolling. We said the inevitable would happen. Of course, it wasn't a serious injury, but Anthony Davis has missed a couple games because he's hurt. Now, the Lakers won these these last two games with him hurt. Um Great play from from LeBron and Westbrook getting some great play from Reeves and uh, and a couple other role players. So um, they're they're playing pretty well. But it's going to the to the conversation that we're always going to have. You know, how many games do you get from Anthony Davis? You know, how many of these load management things are we going to do with LeBron? But when the three of them have been healthy, these last I mean, they had a three game stretch together where all three of them went off at the same time and they were great and they beat great teams and so it shows you the potential but i've said this a million times on here i just don't have the belief that belief at any point that they'll stay healthy long enough for the three of them to do that consistently um but you know i'll end with this i'm gonna give my guy his flowers and you know i'll I'll even give them to y'all you know you know well before the season started y'all said you know maybe westbrook really should just you know come off the bench maybe maybe it's it's time um you know he's had you know two triple doubles off the bench. And I bring those up, not to, you know, the whole triple double day, but man, it's impressive in 29 minutes to get a triple double. All right. Period. And, and getting 13 assists in, in that, that span. That's impressive. And he's done it twice and he almost did it again last night in their win, which I assume by the way is why they sat because it's a back to back. Um, um, but he had nine, nine assists and nine rebounds last night. So I'm really proud of my guy, uh, willingly going to the bench. I assume willingly they may have, force him or you know threaten whatever but he's doing very well the team but it's all going to hinge on on anthony davis anthony davis when healthy has been playing like a superstar but i just i don't believe i I could see them getting finally to a six seven eight spot and then anthony davis going out game one of whatever series it is 
and it it wouldn't surprise me, but um, obviously they're probably gonna take one on the chin tonight. Nobody's playing. Um, Chris Paul, play. Randy said. I said. I said no big names. CP three. Hey, <laughs> the name. We'll call it the uh, Kanye name. Kanye game. Yeah, that man yeah. just said he he upped his he upped his credentials, and then I, and then I said he ain't nobody. Man. When you when you throw on that State Farm, yeah. I just I don't even want to know you. Just, <laughs> just don't even want to know you. She sounds hideous. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> What's not hideous is in that one spot in the West, Randy. Sit them Grizz. That's a that's a that's a good look for those guys. But it's a I great will, look. I'll say this. Yeah, I, I'll say this though. What's not a great look is when our boy gets ejected for talking to a fan and you know they end up losing to the Thunder, which I mean at the end of the season, it's probably not gonna make a difference. But you know, when you go into that game, you definitely that's that's a game you need to win. It is. But you know, look at looking at where they're at right now, a game up on Denver. Um they they've got some games ahead of them, that's for sure. Let me ask um, you a question, Daniel. Before how are you, you before you get too far ahead? Because you brought up because I got to listen to some perspective, Brevin Knight and some other guys on the radio today. They said that even though Ja was talking to a fan, he was talking about the ref directly in front of him. You, you, they, they were even saying, Brad was saying, you can't do that. Do you, would you agree with that? Like, I mean, cause you're still basically shitting on them to him, right? So there's a couple of analogies I'll give you. All right. First, if you're the bus driver, are you trying to listen to every conversation to all the kids on the bus? No. Or, no, because it's it's you're only setting yourself up for failure there. Randy laughed because he probably is. <laughs> but but the second thing is is like, all right, Jim, if you and I went went to the bar and we were having a drink, watching games, you know what, whatever. All right, I get a phone call and it's Randy and he's like, "Hey man, what you doing?" And I go, "You know what? I'm sitting here with this dude, like." man, he's so whack. Like, I'm so tired of this gym, dude. And then I hung up the phone. You would immediately go, what's up with that? I couldn't then turn around and go, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> like, it, it just don't work like that. So, like, yeah, like I get it. The referees can't put themselves in certain situations, but Jaws got to be better about what he's talking about. Like, to me, he wanted the referee to hear if the referee heard. Yeah, and the, and the thing was, and and what they said was the reality was, and Randy was probably say was probably already thinking this. The Grizzlies were playing bad, and there was frustration, and it was clear frustration, and that's really what this culminates to. Jaw was frustrated, and therefore doing something that he knew better than because they were a team that they've done busted their ass twice already this year, coming off a fifty point or. Obviously, forty-one point, but they're up fifty on the Bucks. Had no business playing the way they were against this team, and he he was just frustrated. The question I also got for for either of you guys: they were talking about how the Thunder successfully ran a zone in an NBA basketball game. Any thoughts? They had to because they didn't have Shake Gildress Alexander or Josh Giddy. They had no dudes. But it worked apparently because they dared the three the because without Desmond they talk about without Desmond 
you know, obviously the the Grizz have been better um, three point shooters than than average, but they dared them to shoot threes and they were jacking up misses. I'm gonna go back to the Ja Morant thing for a second. The Ja, the Ja thing, you can't say what he said, but think about it. It wasn't like he got both technicals on the same play. He already had a technical, so he knows that the next thing that you say is probably gonna get you kicked out. But to DB's point, if you're the referee, it can't you can't make it about yourself. I thought it was an extremely quick and and it the the audio came out of what Ja said, and it was I can't get a call. What am I gonna do? So I don't think if you say the magic word of like MF or G, something like that, by all means, that's the magic word. You know you're getting kicked out. But by saying that, I think the ref should have just turned around. Hey, man, that's it. Nothing else. I, well, to me, that's what you do for a star. For a star. What's, what's the difference between what Ja did and LeBron James – Throwing his hands up and staring at the ref and like, well, well, you're going, you're going to the wrong because LeBron gets away with it. Like it has nothing to do with my dislike. LeBron gets away with doing things that other players don't. He, he just, no, I, I mean it, it could it could be a, a number of players. I'm just throwing a star. All right, yeah. like to me, there's no difference in but that. Like, I think to Randy's point, so westbrook's always said the magic words that's why he's always tossed really quick or gets a technical really quick because it's always something very vulgar and deliberate so i think to randy's point he didn't say anything you know just completely out of line um either way i look at it this way and and then i'll let y'all break down grizz i thought it was said best they dug themselves a hole against a team that they had no business digging a hole against and at the end of the day they could really only be mad about at themselves about that loss I don't even think you get mad about it. I mean, this is the NBA. They you're gonna lose games like that. It's a schedule game. They were back. They had the Thunder sandwiched in between the Bucks and the Nuggets. They're not. They they weren't focused. I mean, it is what it is. They don't have their full lineup. Dylan Brooks should be happy because he got to shoot all the shots. And they all yep. they came back and and they were down big and came back and made it a game. So you know, no big deal. But I just think that for all the people, because this is this is something that we're not used to. People, we don't go travel to Oklahoma City and have courtside fans rooting for our team because Memphis has never had that. But that's what happened. You had fans sitting courtside, and it wasn't just that girl. There were many, many Ja Morant jerseys. They were in New York, what, last week, and they had people sitting courtside wearing Ja Morant jerseys. I just think that he doesn't get that same respect yet, and maybe it's because of his mouth. He's third in the league in technical fouls. I mean, come on, man. Oh, Draymond, come on, man. Yeah, really. I mean, I, I, I see it this way. I mean, the Grizzlies have really flipped the type of team that they are. I mean, if you go back and look, um, let's talk Kobe for, for a second, Randy. There are probably times where Kobe and the Lakers lost to teams where they're like, man, we shouldn't have lost to that team. Like, Oh, for sure. Or, or you, you know. The Grizzlies were that team for a while. Yeah, they they were that team that would show up and, and and beat those teams, and then now we are on the other side of that. Now we lost to a Thunder team that, you know, we have no business losing, especially when they didn't have anybody playing. But you know, it it's kind of cool when you look at the 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 f- script being flipped and like we're that team and like just like you said, there's people on the sidelines in away stadiums that are rooting for you. So, like so going forward, cool. because Randy said sandwich between those games, you know, Denver, I was looking at the standings. I didn't even realize Denver had climbed to the number two spot. So 
if you're going to pick, I, I would rather lose the Thunder game, obviously, and go ahead and get this game in Denver against the team that's right on your heels one game back. If, if, oh, if you're yeah. Pick. Absolutely. For sure. It's, it's they got to have their hands full with old Nikolai Jokic. I didn't realize I knew I knew that because uh, well there's only so many games between obviously like what one through six or whatever in general anyway only like two games but I didn't realize that the Denver had crept all the way up to the two spot. They're winning a lot. They they're there, they are there, and you know what sucks, and I, I'm trying not I'm trying to be really positive because it's it's been a while since I've been able to see a lot of Grizzly games televised. Man, having to stay up till ten o'clock to watch these dudes tip off, man, that's, on a that's, on a Tuesday. Woo. I'm telling you, it's it's rough. Think they're going to reward good. you, Daniel. They're going I, to reward you. I I hope so. I'm I'm looking forward to it. But um, obviously, you know, a little over a third of the way through the through the season, and they're looking good, and they're not even at full strength. Let me so. let me ask you, Randy, what while we while we're gonna do an early prediction, if 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 you could put a bet or put a percentage, better, it's better percentage that we could get a Memphis New Orleans Western Conference Finals, give me a percentage chance that this could really happen. Mm. 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 I'm gonna say I'm still gonna put it at thirty percent. That's a solid. I mean, that's a, that's, I mean, that's a solid percentage. That's not a bad. Yeah. Is that is that what both of you as Grizz fans is that is that what y'all want? Is that who you want? Yeah, absolutely. I, I I do want to see that. The ABA does not want to see that, but absolutely, I do. I had somebody I mean, argue with me the other day, Randy, saying that uh, that because they were trying to say, well, Zion and Jaws marketability. I was like, it doesn't it doesn't matter how big they are. They're still not. They're not the yeah, LA's and not, New York's. They're yeah. not. They, no, you look back just at the TV ratings when the when the Bucks won the finals, and it was the Bucks and the, the and the who they end up playing. Was it the Warriors? No. That was the one the words were terrible. I don't remember who they played, but it was one of the worst watch finals in history. And they have the That's how bad it was. You can't remember NBA who they star. played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they 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 played was it was the was it the Suns? Suns. Is that when they, they made beat it? the Suns? They beat the Suns, yeah. So you got right. Devin Booker, CP3, DeAndre Ayton, Giannis, Chris Mill, all that. And nobody cared because Giannis is the biggest NBA superstar in the league, right? He's the face of the league right now, and nobody cared. Ja, I think it transcends that a little bit. Zion probably too, but you're right. It's not LA. It's not New York. It's not Brooklyn. Daniel, is is New Orleans who you'd want? To be honest, I don't like. Not because of matchups, just because the small uh, market. I mean, Zion, if, Jaws, you know that whole deal. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like long term benefit to that being a Western Conference Final. Um, I mean, obviously small market, but it's you know, a close, you know, close to us. We're going to play them. It can be this rivalry. It can be this thing that we, I think, as Memphis fans thought it was going to be and kind of want it to be, you know, to be honest. I mean, if you want to go back and talk about, you know, the the draft, the, 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 the picks and who was picked and what team they went to and, like, then, like, really spin this story, I think it's a good story. I think both are small markets doing big things. Uh, I don't think I don't know how you could go wrong with that. Yeah. Then I want to play the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals, beat them by yep. forty again. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to pull this up real quick, and then we could move on. I mean, 
I'm impressed. If he can stay healthy, Zion's averaging 26 points a game, seven rebounds, five assists. And oh, bro, I mean, he's a, he is 61% field goal percentage. That's, he is a stud. There's no, I've never questioned that. He is unbelievable. That's why I said it. It's no different than the Anthony Davis comment. I mean, can you stay on the court? Yeah. It's, yeah. But I mean, if you look at Zion, though, he's really only had one injury. People questioned his heart because he didn't come back and he was all that stuff. But I, He's not as good as Anthony Davis. I'm not saying that. Do you do you take anything into this four game losing streak that I'm looking at? I said I was done with them, but they're all against top tier teams: Milwaukee, Phoenix, Utah. You know, like I mean, does does that say anything to you about maybe they're not just there yet? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I mean, it's such a grind, man. It's such a long season. I th- I wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzlies have a couple game losing streak too. I just think that you got to. It's ebbs and flows in the NBA. That's why when you see the Grizzlies go on a seven game winning streak, then win eight out of eleven, you gotta you gotta have those so that you can lose the two or three in a row. I mean, we even we've seen like now. Look at Dallas. They got you know Luca's probably one of the top three players in the NBA. They're under five hundred, but I don't think anybody thinks they're it, out of it. Yeah, I mean it's it's cyclical. I mean, in the beginning of the season, New Orleans, you know, loses to Milwaukee, they lose to Phoenix, they lose twice to Utah, but then turn around, and beat Phoenix twice, beat the Nuggets, uh, you know, beat the Warriors. You know, it's it's all it. It's about what Randy said. You got to be consistent. You're gonna have these ebbs and flows, and you just got to have. The have... problem is on a losing streak this year, Daniel, because of what I was talking about. So. One through seven have a three-game difference between them. You lose three games in a row, it's, it's a bad bad spot. You can go from the one to the seven in theory. You could, but, I mean, that's just because we're what, we're 30 games in. I mean, we got to get some. Yeah. But have you ever seen it this tight that far down? Well, I actually looked in? that up. At last last year it was. Was it? that yeah. time? I thought, no, because Phoenix was running away with it already. Not 30 games. No, not 30 games in. They, they, were, they only had, I think it was a four-game lead. You just, it's hard to get separation when you're only when you're 30 games into the season. Yeah, and I mean they did end up running away with it though. But as as quickly as they lose four, they've proven that they can win six in a row. True. So, yeah. I mean the Knicks have won seven in a row. Yeah, I mean if they can do it, anybody. Not the Lakers. <laughs> Even the Rockets. Wow, well, know about that. Hornets. The Hornets. I kid. All right, guys, let's let's transition. College football, man, we've uh been off a couple weeks, so I, I gotta give you guys the recap of where we where we stand currently before we get into just a plethora of pick'em games with bowl games. Well, I did you a solid, Daniel, just real quick. I took about 10 of them out of there, so we didn't just have this unreal list. Well, I, I appreciate that because I mean you know who knows who's going to win the uh, the capstone Confederate Light Bowl. Of course, Randy probably likes that I took some games out because we need all the games we can get. Yeah, yeah I think we should tighten this list up a little bit. Very true. So here, here's here's where we stand. All right, in the college realm. All right, Jim, you are well. We all know Randy's in first. You got 48 points. Jim, you're in second with 43 points. I'm in third with 40 points. So I tell you what, um, Daniel, because Randy's trying to get to that movie, which we could tell because he said tighten it up. I want to keep all these games on the slate, but we're gonna we're gonna let's roll. 
Let's just, let's just do this damn thing. All right. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? Here we go. Wake Forest, Mizzou. Jim, who you got? Wake Forest. Randy, who you Same. got? Wake Forest. Well, you know, I I'm gonna you know what? I'm I'm going opposite. I'm gonna either win or lose. So give me Mizzou. Memphis, Utah State. I'm taking Memphis. Same. Same. Coastal Carolina, East Carolina. Randy, who you got? East Carolina. Coastal. Give me Coastal. Jim, Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, who you got? We hate them both. Um, Oklahoma State. Randy, who you got? Wisconsin. Daniel will never pick Wisconsin. I swear you better not. Give me, give me the Fighting Gundies, Oklahoma State, UCF, and Duke. Give me UCF, Randy. Who you got? Oh man, that's actually really tough. I'm gonna go with UCF too, though. UCF, let's sweep it. All right, Kansas, Arkansas, Jim. Who you got? Arkansas. Randy, who you got? Same. Give me Kansas. It's not a bad pick. It was tough, but not a bad one. Randy, Oregon, you, uh, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Oregon, big. Jim, who you got? Uh, yeah, Oregon. Yeah, I, I'm gonna take Oregon. I know I said I'm gonna go opposite, but that just seems silly. <laughs> uh, Ole Miss and Texas Tech. Give me, I'll take Ole Miss. Same. Jim, who you take? Oh, you're taking Texas. It has nothing to do with the pace. I just it's against Ole Miss. Why not? Oklahoma, Florida. Randy, who you got? Florida State. (laughs) Florida got wrecked. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my bad. Florida State. Jim, who you got? Florida State. Give me Oklahoma. I'll take him. Silly. He's yeah. hey, he's got he's being smart though. He's got to make right. up ground. I'm either gonna lose by you're gonna end up lot. losing by thirty. Hey, it don't matter if he lose by one or thirty. He lost. Yep. Texas and Washington. I am taking. You know what? Give me Washington. Oh man, who are you taking, Randy? I've look. They've won it for me twice. I'm going Washington, and I don't believe in it at all. But they haven't let me down. All right, Jim. Who you got? Texas. Texas. Jim, who you got? Maryland, North Carolina State. Uh NC State. Randy, who you take? Mm, I'm gonna uh, that was I'm going Maryland. I think that's a going opposite me pick. It is because that's I couldn't decide on that one. I'm going NC State. Pittsburgh, UCLA. Uh Randy, who you got? UCLA. UCLA. If I'm taking Pittsburgh. <laughs> but, man, hey, he really is. He's going to either win this thing or he's going to lose by a lot. Committed. Notre Dame, South Carolina. I'm going to take oh, South Carolina. I mean, you have to. You're a Carolina fan now. Yeah, I, I, I got to. Uh, I'm going Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Jim, Spencer who are you Rattler, taking? healthy, still playing, Randy. Oh, yeah. Then give me South Carolina. 
All right. Clemson, Tennessee. Jim, who you got? Damn. I mean, Randy, do y'all got anybody playing? Be nope. honest with me. Nope. Clemson. <laughs> Clemson has more opt-outs than we do. But either way, you know who I'm picking. Tennessee. Give them the ball. I would pick Tennessee any other team, but I know I've seen a bunch of opt-outs, and I was just like, yeah. uh, uh, I'm taking Clemson and Bama and K-State. Give me Bama because they are not opting out. Bryce Young is not. Give me Bama. Randy, who are you taking? Bama. I'm taking Alabama because, you know, although this is a backfire game because this is the game they tend to lose. But that's – would you Jim, not agree, Randy? I know you don't want to go in-depth on these games, but once you heard Bryce Young was playing, wouldn't it be Bama always after that? Oh, yeah. Uh, give me K-State. Daniel, you're really reaching now, bro. Come on. <laughs> hey, who, who knows? Kentucky, Iowa, I will take Kentucky. I'm going Iowa. You talk uh, about opt-outs. My God. Yeah, Kentucky Iowa. really don't have a team left. Iowa, uh, yeah. LSU and Purdue. Randy, who you got? Oh, man. Drew Brees. Give me LSU. Easy. LSU. Jim, who you got? LSU. You know what? Give me Purdue. I'll you're, take Purdue. You're really reaching on that one. Oh, Daniel. I mean, this could this could screw me on my total, but I'm 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 all in here. Mississippi Daniel, this State, ne- this next game, is there any chance that you go to it just because it's down the road? No, not a chance. <laughs> Mississippi State, Illinois. Um, Win it for the pirate. Yeah, I mean, it would be extremely hard not to pick those guys. So give me Mississippi State. Yeah, give me Mississippi State and let me take seven seconds because I know Randy's in a hurry to say I'm so proud of college football and the coaches and the fan bases and the players and everybody who showed love to Mississippi State in support of the passing of Mike Leach. All right. How do you get that? Absolutely. Tulane USC. Jim, who you got? Uh, Tulane. (laughs) USC. Uh, Give me USC. I know I was going to pick opposite, but can't be crazy. Penn State, Utah. Give me Penn State. Randy, who you got? I'm going to go with uh, – is is Rising playing? Yeah, I think he is. Give me Utah. Uh, Jim, who you got? Utah. TCU, Michigan. Back into the playoffs here. Jim, who you got? Michigan. Randy, who you got? Yeah, Michigan. Y'all know me. I'm taking TCU. <laughs> Ohio State and Georgia. Randy, who you got? Ohio State. Motherfucker. I'm going to take Georgia. Saw that yeah. one coming, sucker. Give Jim, me, who you, give me who Georgia, you and I was not taking them. I am now. Well, there it is. How are you going to pick against your boy Stetson, whatever you call him, when he gets his fade? That Quavius. I got to see if you – I haven't seen the fade yet, man. Now, if I, I can't, you know, you got to see. You shot me with that one. I'll give it to you, Randy. I did not see that guy. I thought you were facing me, Georgia. No. Georgia. <laughs> All right. NFL, I mean, I, I'll tell you this. Cowboys, here's what I'm going to say. Ten-win season, if you – that's good. Great. Proud of you. 
congratulations. But here's the thing. When you got a playoff berth on the line and you can't beat fucking Jacksonville Jaguars and you got them beat by 17 you, points dog. going into the <laughs> fucking fourth quarter, give me a fucking break. And no, and there's a, and that's no, a, that, a, there, a 100% on the defense allowing shit to happen and the quarterback. Randy, let me let me define salt in the wound for you, by the way. So Daniel gets knocked out of fantasy because a dude who averages single-digit points a week as a wide receiver gets a 40-piece on him in Zay Jones from Jacksonville. So talk that is the definition of salt in the wound to a Dallas fan. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the defense let me down. So – it's got to get better, and if not, they're going to get run off the damn field next week. So, hey. I know Hurts might not be playing, bro. I mean, I wouldn't blame him. What are they playing for? Well, no, it's not even that. He's actually legitimately hurt. Well, great. That's a excuse people are going to have if Dallas wins. Oh, Jalen Hurts wasn't playing. They're not that good. They're... Whatever. I'd take, I'd take dubs. Who cares? Me too, and at this point um colts recap do we really want to go down that road there randy i'm just gonna say this thank god the halftime speech worked and they realized that winning a game would hurt you and they came to their senses and gave up the biggest lead in nfl history thank you jeff saturday thank you shout out matt shout out matt ryan biggest super bowl and regular hey and also a team that was also involved in the other, the first Matt Ryan game. Shout out to the Patriots for making our game not the most embarrassing loss of the day. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's the only. I mean, that Dallas got bailed that out. Dallas got bailed yeah. out. <laughs> I was gonna say though, that's the the best thing that could have happened for our team, Randy. Have you ever seen that? I mean, we've obviously seen the laterals go bad, but not. I mean, it looked like he threw it right. But it was I mean, to the point that they talked about you didn't even have to do the lateral, just go to overtime. Go get down. I mean, take a fucking knee. My boy, Jacoby Myers is throwing the ball back to Mac Jones. But let's think about that. Hey, Wait, what's he going to do? Break break it for 60? Let's talk about the best part of that play. <laughs> yeah, break. That it led to Chandler Jones running Mac Jones over like a Mac truck. That's That was great. And the, for the people that don't know, that is the greatest UFC fighter in history's brother. So if you don't think athleticism is hereditary, look no further. Yeah. I mean, it it was ugly none, oh. nonetheless. Poor Mike Jones. Yeah, I mean, he just he just well, What was he going to do? I just wanted to throw a pass. I didn't know all this was going to happen. Yeah. Why is this man running at me <laughs> so fast? He's so scary. All right, Jim. Saints they're on a roll, man. They 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 might they, win the division. They won. They're one back, game. baby. They won one game on a roll, huh? Uh, but hey, in that division, winning one game is on a roll. But buddy. Here, look at the, the Jaguars. Thing. They're a game out too. Thing. We yeah. just had Will Sanders, and you have a conversation about you can't look in the past. All I can think about is two weeks ago where they absolutely collapsed against Tampa, and had they won that game, they would actually be sitting with the tiebreaker and everything atop of the NFC South. I'm disgusted. Anyway, but no, they won. Um, Taysom Hill throwing a 68-yard strike, got wood. Um, Kamara had 98 yards rushing. Defense made some big plays. Um, 
But I wouldn't look too much into it, guys. Uh, I can't. What's what's dude's even name? Um, damn, quarterback for Atlanta wasn't even uh, uh, Ritter, Ritter. Ritter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they were they're trying out a new quarterback and everything. I, I'm Desmond not, Ritter. Yeah, Desmond Ritter. I'm not gonna go too much into buying the Saints beating the the lowly Falcons and their new quarterback. But you're right, Daniel. You told me before that game. You talked to me on the phone. You said. Um, season's on the line. If they win, they're still in it. Obviously, the Bengals took care of the Bucks. So, um, yeah, they're still in it, and uh, you know, we'll see. Hey, it's it's going to be an interesting rest of the season for that. Just think about it, Daniel. Six and eight, five and nine. Division. If they get in, they're going to get in at eight and nine. Eight and nine. Well, I mean, and they're going to play the Cowboys. This is going to make it even crazier. And they're going to host. <laughs> and they're going to host. It's so silly. Oh, man. All right. Let's let's uh, let's get into our Pick'em recap. Just so you guys know, it stands in pro football. Jim, you're in third with 35 points. Randy, you're in second with 46. And your boy is in first with 47. So Wait, I lost the fucking lead? You lost the lead because that I just was sounds having... crazy to talk about. Man, we took a couple weeks off, Randy, and this man done maneuvered the numbers. Knuck up on us. Nope. I I was having I had one week where I was perfect, and then three weeks in a row where I was five and six. And then the next week I think I had four. And you are only up a game. Only up a game, man. You were but, you hey. had a large lead, so I mean Oh man. I got this. It's in getting the bag. it back this week. Getting it back it's this a, week. Calling it's it. A, it's in the bag. All right. Well, I I wish you the best because don't think my college picks are any inclination of what I'm going to do here. All right, Seahawks, Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. Mm, okay. Well. Well. Yeah. Same. Yep. See, not going to gain anything there, Jim. What you got? I got so much ground to make up. Give me the Seahawks. Oh, wow. Okay. I see what you're doing. All right, Giants, Vikings. Randy, who you got? I am going to go with the Vikings. All right. Jim, who are you Giants. taking? There's you know a trend here. I'm, I think I'm going to take the Giants only because I think they have more to play for right now than the Vikings. The problem is the next game, there's no way we're picking different, so... I'm gonna have to go the same way. Yeah, I mean, who are you taking, Jim? Bengals. Bengals. Randy, who are you taking? Mm, you don't want to go first. I'll go Bengals. Give me the Patriots. Yes, Bengals winning the Super Bowl because. Mm, yeah. Okay. Eagles, Cowboys. Randy, go first. I am going to pick. Jalen Hurts is healthy. I was lying. No, he's definitely not. I am still gonna pick. The Cowboys. I'm taking Cowboys. Jim, who you got? Cowboys. I have to pick the same with them. All right. Packers, Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins. Jim, who you got? Oh, you going to let me go first? I know I'm trying to go opposite this man. All right. Oh. Randy, who you got? Packers and Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Packers. Wow. 
Packers. Cardinals and the Bucks, Jim. Cardinals. No. And they're Bucks. terrible. Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks gotta win at some point. I'm I'm taking the Bucks. Well, that's it. Y'all y'all gonna let me extend the lead when it comes to uh pro football. And I'm here for it. It's all good. But guys, last call. Last call. Randy, anything? Yeah, man. So I got a little bit back into some writing, man. So I wrote an, uh, a piece. I think both of you guys read it. It was about highlight reels and uh, how we, we're all we're all you know guilty of that, right? We see the best of what everybody has to offer. It's easy to get caught up in it, and uh, I just think we gotta, you know, respect the wins. You want to see people win, but realize it's only a part of the story. And uh, that comparison game, it's a deadly one, man. Just uh, enjoy your life and count your blessings. Absolutely. I must say, Randy, I like your writing, man. Need to get Thanks, back bro. on that. I, th- I, I thought it was so- I thought it was solid as well. And, you know, I like what he said that I'm not going to stop sharing my wins. I just want you to know that my life isn't perfect. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. pretty good. And the last line really hit home for me. It's like, hey, you know that person that you are jealous of or that you think they have it all? Yeah, they're doing the same thing you're doing. They're looking at somebody else's life thinking, man, I wish I had that. Jim, last call. What you got? Uh, yeah. Um, two time guest. Uh, really three time with the the interview I did on a fan control football update. Uh, Christian Salisbury. Uh, twenty five years old man. Uh, light up a room. We had him on the show. Um, amazing character. And you know, I'll sum it up this: instead of talking about the tragedy itself and the fact that he got murdered um senselessly, his mom. I'm I'm gonna quote his mom on social media today, she said, um, to see the outpouring of love and to know that he touched so many lives and that he had one dream in life. And that was to be able to play pro football and that he was able to ink that deal this year and play pro football. Um, she said it would be, you know, wrong to say that she wasn't happy with the life that her son was able to live, even though it ended too soon. And so um, I agree with her. Um, it is sad. Um, it's terrible that it happened. But, you know, Christian made an impact on so many people in so many different communities. And uh, he made an impact on and off the bench. And ultimately, he was able to fulfill a dream that that he strived for, that he told us that he was striving for. So, um, you know, rest in peace, our guy. And, uh, you know, man, this is what it is. Yeah, I think, you know, there's – you know, whatever the story is, you know, obviously the people that were there know. But the fact of the matter is two things. One is this could have been prevented and shouldn't have gone down like this. But also, like, no matter what, we just lost the life of, of, of a young man that, that is absolutely an incredible person. And I'll say this, you know, having Christian on, you you understand the type of person he was and the influence he had on people and the character and just the smile, just everything about him just oozed like positivity and just radiance and, and upbeat. I remember, you know, very specifically the day that we did that podcast. 
I want to say like there was a lot of stuff going on. I was having the worst day, but like he came on that podcast and like had this uncanny ability to just change it all. Like I had forgotten all about how bad my day was because I was having such a good time listening to this young man, his his energy, his spirit. Um, and 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 that's the stuff that I'll I'll hold on to, and that's the stuff that will will definitely and, and I think this. you know, and I wanted to wait some time, but I'm gonna share back the episode. And the reason is, Daniel, he was an inspiration because he at that time and where he was at, you know, was saying that he was going to do everything he could. He was going to work with everything he got to make it and took a couple of years, but he never stopped grinding. He never stopped. And he was able to acquire. And that's, you know, showing the young people out there about if you put in the work, if you believe in yourself, um, you can achieve great things. And so uh, he, he just, he really was an inspiration, but I, I will, I will transition to one note that is a high note. Um, just to give us something good to end on um shout out to taylor doblaze man um got invited to play for the puerto rican national team in the um upcoming uh you know women's national cup so um you know shout out to her doing big things go ahead taylor do your thing man guys that's it man another great solid episode as we you know trickle into the end of the season which is gonna occur next week but uh if you liked uh hearing will sanders story what a great story it was too or you just like hearing us average joe's talk axes and o's please like share the podcast on facebook retweet us on twitter listen subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify and anchor as always comments readings feedback likes hugs high fives thumbs up fire emojis you name it all that positive stuff we'll take and we'll love to have it we'll see everybody next week we got episode 35 the season finale where we got lsu volleyball star madison martin joining us this has been the end off the bench podcast as always remember strong body sharp minds grit and grind all the time we out <laughs>